Do you have a few minutes? This is Dr. Karen Bonney. Today, we're going to have a little Q&A regarding some physical therapy topics. I recently polled my audience and got a good handful of questions that I think will be super interesting to discuss. So let's get started. Question number one, what should I look for when finding a good physical therapist? I think this is a great question. Um, I think in the world of professions, there are good and bad of everything. There are good physical therapists. There are bad physical therapists. There are good chefs. There are bad chefs. And so knowledge is power. Doing your research is definitely key. And so the first thing I would suggest is read about the biography of the therapist at the site that you're interested in. Word of mouth, of course, is always really great because if you hear from a friend that they had a really great experience, um, that's always easier because you can get a true experience description. Whereas, of course, when you just read online or read the bio or look at pictures online, um, it's, it's kind of only a snapshot and you don't really get the true feeling for what it might be like. So ask around for sure. Um, Do your research, look into the site, read the biographies of the physical therapist. You know, where did they get their degree from? Um, What kind of specialties do they have? Do they specialize in certain body parts? Um, Do they have certain modality techniques that they use? Do they do dry needling? Do they do Graston? Are there additional things that they have in their toolbox to utilize in those patient encounters? Um, And then the big thing I would emphasize to everyone is that you don't have to be married to the first experience that you have. Go with an open mind, really get a feel for the experience that you have with that therapist specifically, but also look around and and get a feel for the vibe of the clinic. Do you like what the other therapists are doing with their patients? Does it feel really active? Does it feel comprehensive? Does it look like uh, there's, you know, kind of a lot going on? Is everyone just lying on a table doing nothing? Um, get the experience, have your eyes wide open to the whole experience. And if you're not happy, number one, you can always switch. There is no harm in switching therapists within a clinic. There's also no harm in trying another clinic. Um, I think there's always wiggle room in regards to understanding what your insurance will allow. So of course you can't go hopping around from every clinic every two weeks. Um, The insurance may not cover your initial evaluation every time. So you want to look into those details as well, but don't feel like you have to be committed to one person. You are allowed to shop around. That is your right. And you should own that. Your physical therapy experience is a two-way street, so you want to make sure that you connect well with the human being that is going to be working with you. Um, So definitely feel free to look around and make sure that you're getting the best out of the experience that you want. You want it to be a good fit. Switching gears. So question two is, what is your favorite lower body exercise? And that is an awesome question. I love working out. It's definitely my passion. Um, So what is my favorite lower body exercise? I would say anything glute activation oriented. So if you had asked me, you know, 
10 years ago or so, what my favorite exercise would be, it would definitely not have been anything glute activated oriented, but that's because I had a personal experience with finally getting glute activation. Um, you know, I'm, I'm human and I also am not perfect. And so for a long time, I think I was working out and not actually doing things properly. And that's kind of the case for a lot of people. Um, I am not immune to that. And so over the last probably six years or so, I finally found where my glutes are and I'm able to activate them now, now more than ever. And so I kind of love all the exercises that emphasize that. So I would say my favorite lower body exercise is going to be the proper glute activation. Um, and that can come from a lot of different things, whether it's single leg glute bridge, um, hip thrusters with your shoulders on a bench, um, split squats. That's also one of my faves. So I think there's a lot of really good, amazing exercises that truly do activate your glutes. Question three, very similar. What is your favorite upper body exercise? So also a good one. Um, I would probably say back in the day, 10 years ago, when I first started working out, my favorite exercise for the upper body was anything tricep related. And I have no idea why I just loved it. It was just my jam. I included it probably too much in every workout. Um, and I don't recommend that you want to have a good comprehensive workout routine, a big thorough workout routine. But for me now, if I answered the question, I would say my favorite upper body exercise is going to be anything related to scap stability. I come from a PT background. I definitely preach a lot about stability and, you know, proper form on this and that. And so it's now in my wheelhouse to focus on things that are super helpful. And most of us could benefit from having proper scap stability. So if we learn that as a new skill and start to apply that into all of our workout routines, we're just setting ourselves up to have better stability, better posture, um, you know, a better overall upper body experience. Switching gears a little question. Number four, if you had unlimited funds, what is the one thing that you would pay for in your life? This is a lovely question. Um, if I had unlimited funds, I would personally dedicate those funds to two things. Number one, a private chef in home and number two, a strength coach. I think for most of us, the things that we would love to have a professional guiding us along the journey would be related to what should we be consuming nutrition wise. Um, and then number two is going to be what are we doing with our physical routines, our workout routines. And so if I could have two people dedicated to just making sure that I'm doing the right things, and for me not to have to waste my brain energy on that, that would be the perfect world. If I could have amazing meals, and I know that they're properly oriented towards the nutrition that I need, and then my workout routine, if it is comprehensive and constantly, you know, putting me in the right path to reach the goals that I have with my physical exercise routine, then I would love to spend money on those things if I had the funds to do it. Question number five, what is nerve pain and nerve flossing? Why does nerve flossing work? That is also a great question. We could spend hours going down a rabbit hole discussing pain and the difference between all the different kinds of pain. Um, but let's just kind of touch on 
nerve pain, how it differs from the pain that you may be more familiar with. So I think a lot of patients and humans out there are very comfortable understanding the feeling of maybe workout soreness or an ankle sprain. Their their brain is just more familiar with them. And so it seems more normal. And so there's this other version of a symptom that you might get, and it's more associated with neural tension. And so we sometimes kind of call it more nerve related pain. Maybe it's a little sharper. Maybe it doesn't feel so muscly or stretchy, but it just feels a little different to you. Maybe it is tingly. Maybe it, um, you know, makes you feel as if something is numb. So it's just, it's a different version of what you're feeling and appreciating. And so sometimes that can be a little more alarming because it doesn't feel familiar. So if we dig into what is kind of the anatomy of a nerve, we know that we have a bajillion nerves throughout our body. It is a comprehensive unit. Um, there's tiny ones. There's lots of them there. It's a vast experience. Um, and all of the nerves have a sheath surrounding each of them. In the ideal world, you want to have happen is a nice, good flowing movement of the nerve within the sheath. And so Tissue dysfunction can happen where you could get adhesions, things can get a little tighter. And so that nerve does not slide and glide smoothly throughout the sheath. And so that can be problematic. That can give you the sensation of neural tension if you put that limb in a position where the nerve is now being a little more taut than normal and it feels bad. It doesn't feel good to you. Um, And so one of the things that we like to teach in regards to how do we make it better is something called nerve flossing. And so nerve flossing is a specific way to kind of move a body part through a range um, to help facilitate a little more of that nerve sliding, gliding motion. And so we could dig deep into those exercises, but basically the generic description would be if you're familiar with a normal stretch, like let's say we're going to stretch our quad muscle in the front of our thigh. Everyone kind of knows you're standing, you grab your ankle, you pull your ankle and foot towards your rear end to stretch the front of your quad. A prolonged stretch where you just kind of crank on the muscle is definitely meant more to target the muscle tissue. For nerve flossing, you're kind of doing a little more of a dynamic motion. So you're segmentally taking a limb through a range of motion in order to provide a little tension in a specific way across a longer limb. So it almost looks a little more like a dynamic stretch where you never just crank on it, but more you floss through a range of motion gently and in more repetitions than not um, in order to kind of provide change and mobility to those neural tension tissues. So these are all really great questions. I hope everyone's enjoying them. So switching gears again, question number six, what can I expect from a physical therapy experience? This is also lovely for those that have never been to physical therapy. Um, Basically, here's how it goes. So you're going to be evaluated by a physical therapist on that first visit. Within the initial evaluation, you're going to talk about your symptoms. They're going to get a good patient history, medical history, um, symptom presentation, and then they're going to take you through a full body, hopefully, 
physical routine where they're going to check your movement. They're going to check your strength, your weaknesses. They're going to look for flexibility limitations. They're basically going to get a good picture of what you do and how you move in order to come up with a plan of care. Um, They will present you with a possible diagnosis that they come up with, kind of what they think is going on with you. And then what are we going to do about it? Here's the plan of care. Here's the number of visits that I think you will need. And then hopefully at the end, they will also get into some treatment in that first session. So once you have a good plan of care, you will then come in for follow-up visits. And what I will also impress upon everyone is if you're unfamiliar, physical therapy is a two-way street. And so your therapist is going to recommend certain things that you do and don't do over the course of your recovery. They're going to also provide some in-house moment things that they're going to do for you, whether that's use certain modalities, they're going to reassess you every visit. Um, They're going to change up your program as need be based on symptoms and how things present. But they're also going to provide you with a home program. And so that's going to be the stuff that you need to do regularly. And so it's not going to work if you don't do your homework. And so that's one of the things that I throw into the mix is, understand that this is going to be something that you also need to own. It's going to be two partnered um, scenarios where the therapist is going to help you in the moment. You're going to do your homework due diligently, give it your 110% in order that we can see, did this plan of care actually make a change? Do we need to adjust it in any way? So I think the expectation going in is that yes, people are going to help you, um, but you're going to also help yourself. And to feed into that a little bit further, question number seven, what makes a patient more successful in their outcomes with physical therapy? I love this question. What makes a patient more successful is those that actually heed the knowledge and the suggestions that the therapist gives them. Those that put in the work in order to see what happens. I have had a handful of experiences, of course, along the years that I've been treating where there's patients that don't put in a lot of work. And I can tell, we can all tell it isn't as favorable. You don't get things quickly recovered as, as fast as you would if somebody put in the effort. And so I am my happiest in my therapy world when a patient is compliant and they buy into what we're talking about and they get excited about making change. And then I get excited when we cause change and things get better and they feel better. So What makes a patient more successful? It's those that actually put in the work. Question number eight is imaging x-rays and MRIs. Is it necessary or is it important? This is also a great question. Um, My answer is going to be a little wishy-washy because basically it's, is it necessary? Yes, sometimes. Is it important? Yes, sometimes. Um, I can definitely get on a little bit of a soapbox here when it comes to imaging. Um, As a physical therapist, our profession is pushing towards us being more autonomous in general. And so we do have direct access in most states where a patient can come to us directly without needing to go to a physician first. And so with that being said, if you come straight to a physical therapist, we are not able to um, prescribe that someone get an image an x-ray, an MRI. Of course, we can refer out to a provider who can do that. So basically, when you come see me direct access, is it necessary that I have an x-ray of your ankle? In some instances, yes, depending on what the situation is. But in most, no. 
I can do my formal evaluation with or without the image and still create a plan of care and move forward with a treatment plan. Um, is it helpful in some regards? Sure. Yes, absolutely. It is helpful. Um, it is not always necessary. And so what I say to patients is that, you know, sure, maybe you could go get it. There's a time and a place where it might be very helpful to just get a little peace of mind to truly understand what's going on structurally with something that you're dealing with. Um, but there's also a time and a place where it's not helpful to have extra information, an x-ray and an MRI. They're going to show something. It has to, that's kind of the job of it. It's going to pick out some asymmetry or some high level signal change. It's going to point out something. And so whether that something is actually causing or attributing to your symptom, well, that's to be debatable. Um, and so a lot of times, unfortunately, people get kind of caught up in, Ooh, my diagnosis was this, or, Oh my gosh, I can't believe it says this. Well, sometimes those things aren't always needed. You know, we walk around as human beings with a lot of internal crap going on that we are naive to. And sometimes it's okay to be naive to that because that means I don't know about it. And I'm living a fully functional life and loving life and, and okay without that knowledge. Um, and so the answer is, is it important and necessary? Yes, sometimes, uh, but sometimes it's also not. And so having the knowledge base that you can kind of pick and choose whether you get those details is, uh, is important. And, and that's what we're here to talk about. So if you're wondering, do I need one? Do I not need one? Talk to your providers, talk to your therapist. Um, I'm not even getting on the soapbox of insurance because then we can talk about the whole, you know, business aspect of insurance is going to require that you get one first before you do X, Y, or Z before they pay for more. Um, and so that's a whole nother bag of worms, but anywho, sometimes it's important and sometimes it's necessary, but sometimes it's not. And wrapping things up is question number nine. What is the best advice you can give anyone regarding their workout routine? Also a lovely question. I think, um, the best advice I can give is to just have variety. I think variety is the spice of life. That's what the, the quote says. And I truly believe it. Um, the sad part is we are all kind of creatures of habits. We like to do what we're good at. And so if we're good at one thing, like maybe we're good at running, or maybe we really enjoy using a Peloton bike, but that's the only thing we like doing. I would just venture to discuss and to bring it to your attention that think about what that one thing is doing for your physical body. It's only working certain muscles in one direction and it's repetitive. Your body is better suited to handle the unknowns and the unknowns are all over the world, right? Every direction your body needs to go in every strength component that needs to be there, every endurance component that needs to be there. So your physical fitness routine should also embody the variety that we are going to experience in life. And so if you can do anything for yourself, it's just try to push your own limits by pushing your body through different things. Sure, you can have some favorites, you can have some things that you prefer to do more than not. You know, I actually hate running. I love working out and using weights more. So I have to force myself to make sure I get some cardio in because I hate doing it, but it is good for me. And so understanding the variety that needs to be in the routine. And if you're not familiar, 
talk to somebody who knows. That's another thing that a physical therapist can definitely help guide you in the path of is figuring out what in my routine is good and consistent and what is what am I lacking? So that way you can kind of have a better comprehensive approach, more variety to your physical routine to hit all the things. So I hope you enjoyed the lovely discussion of a few physical therapy topics. If you have additional questions, definitely feel free to reach out. And as always, you know where to find me, karenbonnie.com. 